so we last left you, you were uh, packing your bags for Peru. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what year is this? Oh, my. This was um, pre-2000. I kind of look at my life as um, in little segments, depending on, you know, the big events that happened. So pre-2005. So around um, the war, Iraq war, you're, you're done there, protesting. You're like, I gotta get Done protesting and, you know, kind of, you know, I think what happened is that my, my inner demons got, uh, you know, the best of me. Mm. And I ended up moving back home a few times because, you know, I was just in a place where I wasn't physically or emotionally well. Mm-hmm and trying to get better and realizing that I needed to make some changes. And I started exploring different healing modalities to really help me. And because I had already discovered that I had some level of empathy and ability, you know, working with, um, you know, energy um, early on, you know, with my early meditation practice, I felt like, oh, this is something I want to explore a little bit. And um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that energy and meditation. Yeah. So were you, had you had a, did you have a meditation practice sort of all along or was there a certain point where no, you started? Yeah. No, I just I was visiting the local library, you know, a few times. And, you know, when I moved back home and I was just looking for, you know, in the self-help section and I came across a set of, uh, you know, they were still in tape back then. Mm-hmm. But it, um, Elizabeth Stratton, I still remember her name. And she had a series called Seeds of Light. Mm. And it was a meditation series, and I was really drawn to it. So I started, you know, um, listening to those every day, and it was really bringing you back into your light body, your your inner energy. And that, you know, I still remember that. I don't remember the meditations themselves, but that was, uh, I think, a really significant part of where things started for me on, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, and I wanted to do more with this. And then I, when I moved to Vancouver uh, again, um, I found a meditation teacher there and I started uh, working with her. Who was that? Her name was Susan. I can't remember her last name, but she was doing these meditation classes out of, you know, at an old church in Vancouver. So just basic mindfulness, would you say? Yeah, I mean, it started off that way. And what I didn't know then was that she actually was a pranic healer and she, if you continued on with her, she had like second level, third level, and you actually went into energy healing, which I didn't know when I signed up with her. And I thought, well, isn't this appropriate, <laughs> you know, considering where my life was going? Yeah. And so I ended up staying with her for uh, about three years. Cool. And she really taught me how to work with, you know, we did the inner body scanning and okay, stop right where you feel a heaviness. What do you see there? What do you feel there? Any pictures, any you know, faces come up and emotions come up and she helps you on her end working with your energy to kind of gently coax that mm-hmm. movement a little bit. Um, I had pretty big breakthroughs with her um, and uh, and it, she teaches you how to actually sense other people's energies too in a, in a way that, you know, can help. After a few years with her, I just felt like, I felt at a place where something just told me to um, it's time to stop now. Mm. It's time to move on my own to see if I can just continue with this on my own. Sometimes, you know, you're with a teacher and this is a, was a big lesson for me of that you can continue on with a teacher that could be really helping you. But at some point it's, it's a really healthy thing that at some point the student says, okay, I'm going to go on my own now. Yeah. Especially if you're young and you're just kind of yeah. first, you know, yeah. dipping your toes into spiritual waters or meditation yeah. waters. Yeah. So for me, I just felt like I needed to see if I can maintain this practice on my own. 
And, um, and then it wasn't until like a few years later where I discovered the uh, shamanism piece, mm. which came from a book that I just found when I was working at Panya Books, actually. It was a Bertel, Alberto Valaldo book who had a book on um, his experiences, you know, working with people in that medicine path um, in the Caro tradition in South America. And I, I thought, oh, my gosh, like it was almost like all the lights in my head went off that this is what I need to be doing and need to be studying this. And because I think I felt a, a real connection with that just because you know, of my, my own culture and Chilean, my own yeah. Chilean culture. And, um, I do have the Peruvian roots in my ancestry as well. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and so that's when I really started looking into that and thinking, does anybody actually teach this stuff? What, what about it like, uh, struck you or, or appealed to you? Um, I think it was their, just their real connection with the land, the okay. real connection with, um, they have something called Aini, which is, means reciprocity. <clears throat> which is something that is not often um, practiced here in North America and in this culture. And they really, the, their whole basis of a lot of their practices and a lot of their belief system is you uh, giving before you take, mm, okay. you know. So they have, you know, a lot of um, medicine people who work for the villagers. They work, you know, in their community. And anytime that they, you know, they work for the people and they help them, and they do ceremonies to, you know, to help the crops and to help them have, you know, good health and to, you know, do the healing practices. And, but before they ask for these things from the earth, they do a little offering mm. and they do a, you know, a little ceremony where they give, they actually give a gift to the fire. And um, there's a whole ceremony around that. And I just love that. I so all of the elements, right? So fire and water. And yeah, water. yeah. I just love that. And I thought, you know, this is a big piece that's missing in our culture. And so their, you know, their whole thing is really bringing the person back into wholeness, you know, be, and, and it's not by being um, disconnected and sort of stuck in your head. It's actually getting into your body. So when I first, when I actually found schooling for that, it was, uh, you know, I went to two different schools for, um, you know, shamanic training. Um, with two different teachers. One of them was Peruvian, um, who I traveled to Peru with. And um, they, it, you know, the whole first two years was all about your creating your own medicine bundle and doing your own healing work, going through that whole, you know, journey yourself and actually looking at your family dynamics, looking at, mm. you know, what inner demons do you have? What, what, you know, inner struggles are you having? How can we bring you back to wholeness? So it's not even about other people in the first couple of years. It's all really just about bringing it back to, mm. we need to be able to help people, but we need to be at a certain place within ourselves first. What is, what is a medicine bundle? So medicine bundle is something that we uh, collected along the way. And then we have stones representing each direction um, and each direction represents a specific dynamic. So the south, the north, the east, the west, a different dynamic in sort of our life journey, but also our 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 own self. So you're picking up different things from the earth to, yeah. re to represent this. And, yeah. it, and it's a specific, these are specific, specific bundles. And, the st and every object in there is really representative of some aspect of you. Okay. And so this is all up to you to find and, uh, you know, to kind of show up in nature when we go on these, you know, excursions, you know, it's like we find, you know, the stone that is actually going to help, help you with this and we work with it. And, um, well, it, and, it, it, mm -hmm. it's bringing a memory. When I first moved to Vancouver, I lived right near Stanley Park. And so I would go up for walks along the seawall and all of that. 
and I started collecting uh, sticks and stones, and mm -hmm. I ended up making this little kind of um, voodoo dolly kind of thing. But it was representing my life up until that point. Mm. And then one morning I realized it was done. Mm. And, and I put it out on a little raft and I set it on fire and I pushed it out. I made sure I was like there before no one was there ah, like first ah. thing in the morning and just it took photos and just kind of watched my old life go away. I did that a few it was years ago. Powerful. I did that with, a, we call it our mesa. So our mesa. mesa is like our own personal altar. Mm -hmm. So we use it for ourselves, our own healing, but also for other people to help other people. And so that later on when we got into actually being able to do some work with people, um, we used our own inner medicine bundle to help others and we put it on their bodies. And oh, so it's something you keep with you. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Oh, we work okay. with it so it works with us and it's part of us. Mm -hmm. But it's ex what, exactly what you mentioned you did is something I did just a few years ago because I felt like, you know, my medicine bundle had been sitting in my house and I hadn't really been in connection with it mm -hmm. for a long time. I hadn't been working with it and it just felt like, you know, this is, this is the old me. This is pieces of me that I've, I've kind of worked through and I've kind of done with, but my medicine bundle was still representing that old part of me. Yeah. And so I felt, I really felt like it's time to move, to let this go. And so I did, I actually let them go here in, uh, in, in the, the ocean here. Mm -hmm. And so I, I gave it all back to the ocean. I buried some pieces, but I, I that was, that was saying goodbye to that part of me. It's interesting too, yeah. like w when you have those moments, it's almost, yeah, they can be like a certain age, you pass a certain decade mm. or something, or maybe you move to another another city or something. Right. But sometimes they just kind of, they kind of creep around and they go, you're not that person anymore. And right. It takes you a while to kind of wake up to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it could be, it could be scary because, you know, for me, especially if it's, if that, who you used to be, is represented in an object of some sort you can develop some sort of attachment to it yeah right and right. so i thought well this is going to be a hard thing for me like i knew i had to move on and mm -hmm. and let it go but I, I i expected it to be harder than it was and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't yeah, actually yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I was uh, working in film for many many years and, and yeah. chasing this holy grail trying to get a million dollars to make a movie it just wasn't happening and i was like you know what there's more to life than this yeah i was making little short films and it was fun and i was having a great time yeah. so i think i want to write novels and that's right when i moved here and i just let it go <sighs> i mean I, I, I mourned a little bit but maybe a day yeah and i was like that's gone you know it was fun Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to like dwell on it. It's like, oh, that dream never happened. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Give, like, say thanks and, yeah. and move on, you yeah. know, and go into the next phase, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So you did that here in Salt Spring? Here you, in Salt Spring, yeah. Did you set it on fire, Taylor? <laughs> no, I just gave it to the ocean. Oh, so you had to add the fire. Yeah, so they were all organic materials, so <laughs> I didn't have the fire. I did that to my journals about a decade ago. I oh, was you burned like, all your journals? All my journals, I've made this big bonfire at the beach with a friend, and we just burned all our journals. Yeah, you got to do that, because if you yeah. die and, and then people are going through your stuff after you, that's, that's <laughs> going to be embarrassing. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to see those notes. Yeah, yeah, no. That was, is that... It took a long time to burn all those journals, but it was a good thing to do. Yeah, really was that hard thing. to do? Or no, it, no, it was a really good thing to do, and but it really just took so long. Life, a, re yeah. <laughs> a release, right? You have yeah, definite lightness. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I think it's it's important throughout your life to do that. You do you know? have attachment to things that like? Like that yeah. guitar there? I don't know. When I die, I'm gonna be thinking about it. <laughs> I try not to, but mm -hmm. I do find that, I mean, there's, there are certain things that I still have that I've had since I was a kid in yeah. my, you know, yeah. my house that I, I really, um, you know, little things that I have attachments to that, um, even like, um, 
my mother and my dad, my mother who passed away, and, and my dad one year gave us, gave me an office chair of all things oh, yeah. for, for my birthday. Okay. Um, and even something like that, you know, it was all tattered and torn at some point, and I just didn't want to give that up. You know, this was a few years ago again, and I, I held on to it, and I was like, you know, my partner was saying, it's old. <laughs> Let's get another one for you. And yeah. I just felt like, no, I just can't. That was given to me by my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so there's a sentimental attachment I can develop things to, especially if it's given to me by somebody who maybe who's not around anymore or yeah, yeah, um, sure. that's a big piece. But I actually make it make it a, um, um, a habit to actually go through my things every once in a while and just, you oh, know, move stuff on, people, yeah. move stuff on. So I've let, let go of a lot of things I have a problem over the last that. few years <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of things but I'm not attached to them you yeah. know like that's a toy that my father from his youth so that's pretty cool yeah you know yeah. but yeah, yeah if I didn't know that it wasn't there I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so Peru mm-hmm. you had it on down there yeah and this was a teacher that you already had met up here I, yeah, I'd studied with, and this was in, um, it was actually a school in the, in the U.S., in Washington. Mm. So um, traveled to Peru with him <clears throat> after I'd finished my first initial two years with my other teacher and, um, and stayed with him for a few years and then came home. And um, I was actually still doing that when I moved to Salt Spring. That was sort of my main, oh, okay. um, the main oh. thing I really wanted to bring to bring to people here and I did have a few clients that I worked with for a while and at some point it just felt like not enough mm. it just felt like you know there was some part of me that saw that I was really helping people and helping them to relieve their burdens or helping them to relieve whatever that might be you know they might be holding on or stuck in their energy bodies. So you were teaching shamanism? I was more doing like body work energy okay. healing work um and really, you know, amazing connections that I had there doing that um, for a while. But I just felt, I started questioning it after a while, feeling like, you know, am I really helping people? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, they would come out of it feeling good and relieved of, a, you know, a little bit of the, you know, the burden that they were carrying with them. But I felt like, no, I, there was some part that just felt like I, I don't know if that's enough to really, like the kind of help that I want to, to offer people there needed to be some level of responsibility on their end mm-hmm. that needed to be part of that picture and so that's when I stopped I decided you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be doing this anymore and I need to and I wasn't sure what my next step was um, the health and healing aspect that was something that's you know I became vegetarian when I was about 18 on my own and had to really learn nutrition on my own because my mom said, I'm not going to cook for you and, <laughs> you know, you're going to be malnutritioned. And, and so I, I thought, okay, well, I'll teach myself. And so I actually had to teach myself how to cook. I got all these nutrition books and, you know, cookbooks. And that was sort of my, my intro to that world. And that was something I tried, you know, when I got health conscious after that, I started, you know, running. And so this all happened in between all this other stuff that was going on with the shamanism. And, oh. <laughs> and wow. So it was all, all these things just sort of it was all together. At the same time. Yeah. So I was Crazy. kind of rediscovering this health health world of, oh, actually, I really enjoy this. And, and, and unfortunately for me that, you know, 
looking into my own health and changing my own, you know, uh, diet that that kind of didn't go well for me because of the direction that I went with my own health issues. Mm. Um, it could turn into something obsessive just because of my emotional issues. Oh, vegetarianism. Yeah. And did, did like, was your body sort of, did you have things in your body that were um, sort of manifesting too? Um, well, I, I just became, it became unhealthy for me because, uh, you know, and it's not to say that vegetarianism is unhealthy. I absolutely know that you, that this is something that can be done in a really good way, yeah, just totally. like any, any diet. Um, it's no different from any diet, whether you're meat eater or, or vegetarian. But I think for me, um, I, it was almost like I was using it, um, as part of my denial, uh, pattern of denying myself food and okay. so it became it kind of got twisted kind of got twisted into that whole uh denial pattern that i had of like okay well i'm limiting myself to this this and this and this and now i'm going to limit myself even more you know and so it it, it kind of turned and so i became a really bad vegan basically bad where i was vegan. eating like bagels you know two bagels a day and a salad and popcorn and that's it you oh, know, wow. things like that. That's a bad vegan. So yeah. it was very, you know, still vegan, but but I was very malnutrition, uh, malnourished. And um, and then that just turned, you know, um, into something that really threatened my health at some point. Um, so that's, that, that, all, that was all happening in between all of this work. But, you know, the work in Peru for me felt like finally I'd found something that really spoke to my heart, you know, that was almost like the the culminating of all these years of real struggle. And it, it actually was something that really filled me and filled me in a way that I hadn't, ex you know, experienced before where I felt like, oh, I have a purpose, yeah. you know, I have a deeper purpose here. And it's, you know, it's not, you know, um, anything I imagined. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that great when it comes out of the blue? Yeah. Like, like you have certain ideas and that you're going in that direction and you're thinking that, that that's the way to go and this thing comes, you're like, oh yeah. Exactly, yeah. so it was a real revelation for me, especially coming from a background of like no spiritual belief at all. Mm -hmm. And my world was opened up, you know, when I actually did these travels and had, you know, worked with these medicine people and I thought, whoa, like, the things that I experienced were really beyond anything I thought was possible. Such um, as what, what was one? Just, well, <laughs> um, I mean, you don't have to, you know. I'll, I'll give you one little story of yeah. um, something really interesting that happened out there where we were uh, mountain trekking with a big group of people. And we were coming to um, a really kind of dangerous spot we're at the end of our journey. And one of the... Um, we had porters taking all their stuff, but um, and horses, some of them are horses, but apparently one of the porters slipped off a little cliff, um, had a really bad fall, and went unconscious. And we still had a ways to go, we were in the middle of the mountains, you know. And uh, but it was a pretty bad fall, he had bashed his head, and he was out, wow. you know. And we thought, oh, you know, this is really dangerous. And the closest town we had passed, like, was like three hours walking back. So we had to go back, we, or they had to take him back, and they had to make do a makeshift uh, cot of some sort to walk him back to because he needed to go to hospital. We wasn't even, we weren't even sure whether he would live wow. because it was it looked really bad. He was completely um, 
it was more than unconscious. It was something really, you know, they had looked him over and we thought this is not good. I mean, there were shamans that were with us, like Mm. medicine people. And they were, they were saying, this is not good. You know, this is, this man is near death. And, um, so they just knew we just needed to take him back. And our teachers that back at our, you know, at our home base were, were saying, we're kind of consulted with all of us and, and said, you know, the medicine people here have, have, um, have, you know, done some work in terms of, you know, tuning into what was actually happening energetically. And what they felt was um, that we had just been to a spot where there was a lot of mining. Um, a lot of mining had happened. The, the, that part of the, the mountain was really damaged um, over years and years. There's a lot of mining that happens in Peru and in, and in Chile as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so s- there was spirits in the cave there that where we were at in that part of the land that we were at that felt it was almost like hungry hungry land and so we were um trespass or you know bypassing through that area and they saw this bright light of this man and they thought i'm gonna i'm gonna take some i'm gonna take that you know and so there it was a way of explaining to us that how the spirits of the land work the energies of the land work and you, you know you have you know the nature spirits but if you if you damage the earth enough, then there's something, you know, there's something lacking there. There's something, and they're gonna take, you know, um, in a way because they're, they've not been given back to, you know, they've not been, you know, that's not been, um, it's been a, it's been an imbalanced relationship. And so what they told us is that we have to make amends. So we had to do ceremony, and we had to do an offering, and we had to, you know, do this prayer, and we had to do this meditation. And so we did this big ceremony. And we thought, you know, we, we gave gifts to the nature spirits and asked them to bring him back. And uh, what we heard later was that apparently at some point during their walk back to the, to the main town, this man just bolted and sat upright, fully mm-hmm. conscious, yeah. fully conscious, and f- totally fine. And, and they, uh, he was actually able to walk back with us like to the place like where we were um and we were all looking like what kind of miracle was that but it, it that so those kinds of things happened and for me you know I don't just take that for you know point blank okay this is what happened this this you know we healed this guy you know we made amends with the nature spirits there was still some part of me that was saying okay I need a logical explanation for this I need sure. a logical so when these kinds of things happen throughout my life, there's still that questioning part of me, which I'm grateful for, that still says, you know, what, what really happened there? You know, I'm not just going to jump to the spiritual reason. I'm not just going to jump to the logical reason. I really seek to understand. Well, it's not obvious, too. Like, right. I've, I've had things, when you cultivate synchronicity, mm-hmm. for example, it, it just naturally flows. It's the natural mm-hmm. way that things are flowing anyway. Right. We're just sort of, projecting our um our stuff onto it Mm. but when you let go Mm -hmm. yeah things happen and i've had things i'll just be sitting there and i'll be thinking about someone and wondering something about them and then someone will tell me like a couple weeks later yeah that's that's they have this thing going on it's like oh that's what i was thinking of Mm. how did that happen yeah (laughs) you know i had an owl uh, an owl just line uh, light up on a branch outside my house here 
like really close. That doesn't never happens in the <laughs> middle of the day, and it's just like staring at me the whole time. And I was like, okay. And there was it was yeah. sort of a premonition for something else for mm. me to pay attention to mm-hmm. that was going on. So mm-hmm. these signs are there, and, mm-hmm. and these miracles are there. You just have to tune into them. Yeah, and I just thought, like when when that particular thing happened, I just thought, well, this is very interesting because they correlated the time he bolted upright to that we were the minute we had just finished our ceremony mm-hmm, yeah so they thought oh it's exactly the same time and you know part of me was like oh my god that's a miracle this is really what happened and another part of me was like i'm not just gonna i'm not just gonna believe that just because you know so i really wanted to know the truth did you, did you see the guy after that or yeah he was fine oh, didn't even have to go to the hospital oh, <laughs> Um, but those kind of things happened. And so, yeah, my mind was definitely expanded and, you know, my spirit was definitely expanded during that whole time. And then, um, it really changed my life Mm -hmm. because, you know, it it gave me some meaning and Mm -hmm. it gave me a real purpose. And finally it felt like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in in the world, you Mm -hmm. know, to be of service in this way. And, uh, it was deeper than just, you know, getting my medicine bundle and, 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 you know, doing energy work on people. It was more on a deeper level, which I didn't fully get yet, mm-hmm. but I, I knew that it was like, there was something bigger that was meant for me. And, um, and then that got interrupted, you know, and that was, you know, after I had done my first journey, I had planned on going the following year, um, again, cause I was called to go again with the same group of people. And I had a family uh, event happen. You know, my uh, you know, my uh, my mother got sick, and um, that was uh, a big turning point in my path. This was right after you came back from Peru. Yeah, pretty close or to close, it. Yeah. Pretty close to it, and uh, it was unexpected, and it was very quick. Um, How old but was she? It, she was sixty-four. Oh yeah, that's young. Yeah, and. Uh, so that was unexpected and that was, you know, kind of through, <clears throat> it changed everything. It changed everything because I, um, I had to make big decisions, you know, of where is my life going now? Can, you know, am I going to Peru again? Mm-hmm. Um, am I continuing on this journey, which would have me leave everything behind? <clears throat> or am I um, going to spend the remaining time with my mother? And I knew, I mean, that was not really an option for me. What what else could I do? But for me, it felt like a real, it, it, it was, it felt almost like a real, like the jokes on you type of thing that the mm. universe was telling me, sure. kind of dangling this carrot in front of me saying, this is your potential. This is what we have in store for you in terms of your bigger purpose and journey. But now we're going to take it all away. And so all this belief that I had built up and all this, you know, real heart opening that I had built up just completely got destroyed when that happened. And then when my mom passed away, it just felt like everything was gone. All my meaning was gone. Everything was gone. Mm -hmm. And so that following year was real dark night of the soul for me, dark night. And where I, I was really having to face a lot of all these inner demons that, I had just briefly touched on, you know, in the previous years, but it all came forward. And uh, I look back now and I think, wow, you know, I came, that was really close for me where I I came 
to a place where I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Oh, really? You know, I mean, I've I've been always terrified of death, but I would never, that that was never a contemplation of mine. But, you know, when the pain gets so great, Mm -hmm. you just want out. Yeah, I can understand that. And even though I would never take that step because almost like death itself was too, was more terrifying than living with all this suffering so some something of some part of me asked for help you know just kind of put it out to the universe i need help and something came Mm -hmm. and and then that's when the real healing work started for me was like you know and it it started from this real you know dark place where i felt like i had nothing left so this was just a deep depression huge yeah yeah there's something about spiritual paths like when you're doing it for yourself you do need to sort of create that sacred space for yourself that Mm -hmm. container Mm -hmm. but if you don't sort of learn the lesson of spirituality is that it's it's so that you can be of service to people Mm -hmm. it's not so that you can keep evolving evolving you need to do that too right but i really think that the the main purpose of this is to serve absolutely yeah and i think this is something that i've known since i was you know my one of my youngest memories was i remember thinking to myself you know I'm here to heal the, the heal the world. <laughs> to heal the whole world. Yeah, like really, that was one of my earliest memories as a child that Is this I had. A Capricorn thing? Are you a Capricorn? No, no. Sagittarius, no. Scorpio. <laughs> but that was one of the earliest thoughts that I remember having was like I'm knowing somehow as a child, or feeling more than more than knowing yeah. that that was my purpose was I'm healed to I'm here to be a part of at least healing the world no idea I was a kid like yeah. what, what did I know what that would look like but I had example I would uh, help my father he at church he would you know he worked at the St. Vincent de Paul so he would have these clothing drives and stuff so I would help him I got such a buzz out of just helping people I was like <laughs> it's a, it was like this big secret that was sort of revealed to me early on like if you yeah. help other people you're gonna feel so good yeah <laughs> you're gonna feel so much better than anything that you can do for yourself almost, yeah you know and there is that feeling of like when you help somebody, it's almost like you're actually, you know, part of it is you're doing it for yourself exactly. because of that good feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, for me now, actually, it's shifted because it's it's become a place like after all these years of being in practice where it's come a place where now where I find fulfillment is when I can help somebody come to a place where they don't need me anymore. There you go. And they have self-empowerment. And, you know, I'm just, I've just been the nudger to kind of help them along the way. I haven't done the work for them. The nudger. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, my new word? <laughs> it's in your biggest card, the nudger. Yeah. <laughs> but I've just helped them along the way with gentle, you know, kind of pushing. Mm-hmm. And, but they've come to these realizations themselves. So when, you know, when people tell me what, that I've worked, when I work to them and they say, oh, you know, I came to this awareness all on my own Mm -hmm. that i was self-sabotaging or i was doing this or that that for me is my win sure you know so it's not even oh i helped you it's actually you came to that understanding yourself and that's that's sort of been the progress of of psychology in general like Mm. when freud first started out Mm -hmm. he said you know so tell me your problems and then he would go okay this is what's wrong with you you had you had no input yeah but then it sort of changed and Jung sort of got it was like a dialogue that went on right and then it evolved to gestalt where it's like you're saying you 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 have these these processes but you Mm -hmm. let the people find it themselves exactly and it's far more empowering and it's far more the staying power is Mm -hmm. more than someone say to you oh this is your problem okay that's my problem but Mm -hmm. if i saw it if i figured it out for myself big difference right it's huge when you can actually 
learn these lessons on your own, mm -hmm. you know, because it's the difference why between why somebody can read a book uh, like a diet book and say, well, I just, you know, I'm just going to follow what it tells me. The book tells me um, anybody can lose weight on a diet, but sure. are, in terms of their ability to sustain it, they need some level of understanding of their own bodies, their own body signals, their own emotional states of what makes them make certain choices. If that's not in place, then, you know, it's not going to last. You know, they, they need to, that needs to come with the territory. So all that, right, all that right. I'll stop eating so much pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things like, like I, I've always had pizza on Thursday for as long as I can remember. And uh -huh. I still kind of do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just can't sort of get that. It's ingrained almost. That's okay. Every time we go off island, we go for burger and fries. And oh, there you that's, go. Sort of our, that's sort of our treat. So, yeah. So people learning themselves and your teaching. Yeah, that self-responsibility self piece, I think is really a really big part of how I work with people now just because I think I think a lot of that is related to how I healed you know in my own journey and I'm you know I'm still healing I think it's a continuous process forever sure. um, but this is really this is really what it comes down to it's not just you know somebody else you know doing the work for you or telling you what to do to to get well it's like you we really have to dive deep into our own inner psyche and our own inner um energy bodies and emotional bodies and really investigate 